You're listening to Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Guys, I put it out there, it was 363 days today since I've been part of this podcast, and I can finally say, and I'm enjoying to say it, the Cleveland Browns win. And... Now, we're going to get into this deeper. We're going to have some fun with it. Because, guys, I don't get to do this often over a calendar year. But the Cleveland Browns just beat the New York Jets on Thursday Night Football. And my guest here this evening, you guys know who comes on for the post-game show. It's, uh, hopefully we can chain him down. Maybe have to chain me down more. But Pete Smith, Baker Mayfield took the field. The Cleveland Browns won. The passing game was humming. Josh Gordon's not here. Pete, we got a W, and there's no turning back. Everything else is in the rear view. You know, Nick Chubb eh, got some run. The Carlos Hyde story tonight was a little bit Disney-ish, which is fantastic. But, Pete, we're going. Here it is. So the biggest thing I take away from this is... The Browns and Jets are in really, really good hands at the quarterback position, and that 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 matchup, even though it didn't start out that way, was genuinely fun to watch, uh, just watching two rookie quarterbacks sort of go at it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, despite everything, it seemed like, the, 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 at 14-0, this game felt over. It, again, the, for, the, for the third week in a row, the, ga- the game felt over, and in this one, I mean, it, it came, unfortunately, at... Tyrod's expense from a health standpoint, but they put the kid in the game and and he can play a little bit. I think I think he might be okay at this, despite being you know too short, too cocky, uh, and not very strong arm. And grew up in Texas, and maybe he was Johnny Manzelish. Um, but what you guys saw and look, and this has been the thing now. And you guys, you know, look, it's rare that I get on guys, and I don't really do it. But when I see something that I think is holding things back, when Baker got in there, it was the difference between, you know, small math, big math. He was processing quickly. He found where he wanted to go, and he was quick with it. And this is the thing with Tyrod. And look, you know, and maybe it was all the guys from the Buffalo Beat who came on and talked with me. And so maybe I went into it negative eyes as much as I was excited about the acquisition in the beginning. But what you saw when you draft a quarterback one overall is you saw he was just, it was read and react and he was quick. It was beautiful to watch and good day. Really good day. Right. So like, you know, all the people who sort of watched him play at Oklahoma and were like, this is never well, going to work. Pete, hold up one sec. Guys, this was Pete's guy from probably the first time he was on in like October of last year. So I will give Pete his due here. Enjoy it for a moment, buddy. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it's a burden, but, you know, it's one I, 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 I try to soldier on through. But, no, I mean, le- <laughs> legitimately, if you watched him at Oklahoma, the, the complaint was it will never work. This offense doesn't work. But every from preseason and training camp to now, it looked like he was at Oklahoma. He just processes quickly, fires the ball all over the field, and he doesn't care who's who it is. If you're open, he's going to find you, including freaking Orson Charles. Of all people, he fires a ball right on the money, and uh, the kid can't 
can't bring it in. But that that this is what you sort of expect. Now it's a question of, you know, what what are the weapons around him going to look like? But there were guys, you know, you forgot were on the team. Duke John, who? David, David, who? And these guys are suddenly making plays. And Jarvis Landry is obviously fantastic. And that ball that he caught basically on top of the guy was basically perfect placement. And he makes this great catch. There's just, and I don't care, you know, whether it was at Oklahoma or now, there's just this sense that, like, he just has a will that's very infectious and his teammates buy in and you sort of, there's sort of this this confidence when he's in there. You just know you're always in it. And it just, you know, you come up with all the, 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 the BS that people want to dog about momentum and all these other things. You could, you know, even at home, you could feel the game turning just the way it was going and the fact that, you know, even when they, they got two field goals to start with, but even then you it felt like they were going to come. Now, you didn't know if they were going to actually pull it off and win, but you felt like the Browns were in this game the second he started throwing the ball when he came in, uh, when Tyrod went into the tent. He goes three for four. They settled for a field goal, and it just felt like, you know, they've got a real shot with this. Well, the first thing I noticed, though, is it seemed like there wasn't as much, like, havoc around the line of scrimmage. Everybody got set, and you could kind of hear it through the television footage. You know, Baker said, ba 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 ba. Everybody was in tow. And I don't think people understood, you know, like, as much as it was Tyrod's thing, this is the thing with Baker Mayfield. He's not like a guy who's just going to sit to the back and, you know, hold the earpiece up. He wanted every piece of this. And he, as soon as he stepped on the field, yes, the energy level lifted up a little bit within the stadium and with, within some of the guys. But you saw him just, he took command. And Tyrod Taylor, the biggest problem I had was the underthrow to Callaway where he was kind of questioning what Callaway was doing, where it was an absolute, it was, I wanted, I wanted Baker right then and there. Because you shouldn't do that to a young guy, especially when you were the one who made the mistake. But once Baker came in, it just seemed like, and here's the thing. I mean, this team is so young. There's a lot of, you know, everybody just seemed to gel together. The defense, you know, had, you know, had been slowing down a little bit because you start to worry about this now with these younger guys who were, you know, getting them into winning, you know, winning positions and the offense wasn't doing anything. But once Baker took the field, put some points on the board, you just saw all of these guys, and this may have something to do with Pete, what we talked about with Josh Gordon, whether it's 52 over one, but it, it just, it gelled. And it gelled quick. I think everybody was ready for it. They wanted wanted it, and they just everybody as a unit, you know, 50, all 53, offense, defense, everybody just stepped up. Right, so I, I just think the biggest palpable difference you could feel is the Browns dropped what three or four passes in this game but you know with Tyrod and and quarterbacks previous to that any one of those drops it would have felt like the end of the world that you couldn't afford to have that drop like that's it oh we're screwed you know the drive's over and it felt like when you know when we the drops happened in this one it was like, whatever, we'll get him next play. Like, that's a legitimate sense you have, the confidence you have in this, even as a rookie coming in cold. Honestly, the thing I thought was the most impressive, and it didn't work, the thing I thought I took away as the most impressive was he came in 
and they they completed that ball to get it down to third and two, and he didn't go for the spike at all. He immediately went and called. They called another play, and he ran it. Didn't work, but I you know I thought that was really impressive that, that, that there was no hesitation. They didn't need to call timeout. They didn't need to you know get worried with the play clock. They didn't need to spike and go for something on fourth and two. He immediately called a play and went to it. That to me suggested. As much as they've been hiding this kid, that whether that was whoever's whoever was making that call, somebody had a ton of confidence in this kid, and he was up to the task. It was just, you know, it was great to see, and and you can see like he's been. It seems like he was chomping at the bit. But guys, we are on locked on Browns. We are covering for the first time in 363 days a Browns regular season win. The Lockdown NFL Podcast. Matt Williamson does a fantastic job over there. Uh, he has the uh, the hosts of the show, Browns, Broncos, Buccaneers, whatever it is, on Mondays. He has Sage Rosenfels on Tuesday. Mike Runner from PFF on Wednesday. He does have Mike Sander from ESPN on uh, Thursdays. Does the Friday show, pick him, show himself. So Lockdown NFL Podcast. Go ahead, put it into your rotation. But now here's the thing, Pete. It just, and you continue to say it, 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 it was the stepping up of it. And the weirdest thing is, is when you draft your quarterback one overall, that you want to do the delay process, which, you know, God bless them. But there is zero possibility that they can ever move back. They got this W today, and we talked about this earlier in the week. This was a winnable game. Oakland's a winnable game. Baltimore is a winnable game. Guys, it's bigger time, and... You're all going to have to deal with Pete for every drop that's going to come your way. So uh, during the game, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want Baker to go in the game. I, I, I'm not going to lie. The, I, I, the, the way it looked, the way it yeah. looked, I absolutely agree with you. The Jets defense, and this is one thing. And guys, as you know, I am here in New Jersey, lifelong Jet fan. I've seen everything. This Jets defense was fast. So the one thing you were worried about is if if you were going to pull Tyrod because it was ugly. You know, Tyrod was taking some bad hits, and guys were coming in real quick, and nobody was picking it up. So you were a little concerned about whether or not you were going to put Baker in in that situation. But go ahead, bud. Not only that, it was a short week. You probably, you know, Hugh Jackson sticking to the idea that he wasn't going to first team reps. It just felt like it was going to be a bad situation. So again, more credit. What I thought was get through this. You have a week and a half before you make the trip to Oakland. Go ahead and do it then. It just seemed to sort of set it up. So- it set itself up well for that, but the the change in in, in, in certainly it's, this is the nature of a week to week league is you go from what felt like was going to be zero and two and one in a week and a half till oh man we you know road long road trip out to Oakland that's always a difficult game and all that to what you just said which is they're one one and one Baker Mayfield's in there the Raiders suddenly feel like a very beatable team. And then they could potentially come uh, back to Cleveland for a home game against a a division rival that you know is very flawed in Baltimore, and you have the potential for a two one and one energized crowd that's going to just be absolutely relentless. And if you win that, then all of a sudden you you know you get into all kinds of craziness in terms of uh, where this team could go. Now, having said that, look, obviously you know I I don't think the Raiders are very good. Uh, but at the same time, they will have a week and a half to look at the tape and get ready for it, and it, it, there will be in a little bit of an adjustment. 
And as great as Baker Mayfield looks like he will be, I think he's going to be an absolute stud. There's going to be some there's going to be some downs with this too. It's not going to be smooth and we're going to have to sort of accept the fact that it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a bumpy ride and they may go out and lose to somebody that at this point you feel like they shouldn't lose to, which is a different feeling, but that whatever is going to happen, it should at least be fun, which no one can say about these first two, well, two and a half games, at least from an offensive standpoint. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. Now uh, the defense, now we had talked about this, you know, this defensive front, it's, you know, and I put out the tweet, these guys are getting close enough where there's going to be some sort of a nickname. And look, there's a lot of the t-shirt companies here in the Cleveland area trying to pump stuff out. There's going to be some sort of nickname for these guys. But when you talk about what a Miles Garrett can do, a Larry Ogunjobi, Jannard Avery, and I, I think the most impressive play is as much as we all realize that he's becoming a solid pass rusher and a, a key cog to that part of the defense... I mean the I mean he broke up a pass today and that's was Pete I know where you had him I think it was 47 overall on his draft board but it was just a glimpse to what, this is just another asset and you got him in the 5th freaking round for god's sakes but he is a full complete player and they really only kind of tapped into a guy like that Yeah I think he's a guy who's going to get better and better in terms of what he can be I I really ha- believe have believed continue to believe that Jamie Collins, whenever he goes, and he's been great, by the way, this year. He's been legitimately as much as we kind of bagged on it. I mean, we'll we'll eat some crow. We'll eat some. Well, I mean, again, we did that thing at the you know right before the season is don't forget about. And I said Jamie Collins, the fact that he had this much talent, that he was such a an absolute stud for the Patriots as a coverage linebacker, that you're seeing why they thought it was worth getting him. But whenever he's gone. You can see where Jannard Avery may well be that guy who's going to take over that role. He'll have a better pass rush option than than Collins does, but he can still do things like drop into coverage and sort of give you that option. And that was something he actually did pretty well in training camp, but it's going to be something where they're going to sort of ease him into it and sort of let him feel things out. But you get a little you get a little taste every now and again, and you're sort of reminded that he can be a very nice player and that he's come up, obviously, with, with two big plays in two games that they had a chance to to win, uh, tying the one and winning the other. But just, the, you know, you mentioned the defensive line. Larry Okajobi's a monster. Miles Garrett is a monster. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's to a situation where there were opportunities you would have liked to see them capitalize on this game, but there's always a sense now that they're eventually they're going to get there. Eventually, some one of them, both of them, are going to find their way to the quarterback. Uh, week one, it was Miles Garrett dominating in that respect. Week two, it was Larry Ogunjobi dominating in that aspect. And then week three, four days later, which is in, an insane ask of those guys, they both get there, and they both dominate. And, yeah, you, you talk about a nickname. Certainly that that's going to be there. But just what this defense is able to do – they cause turnovers. They, they, they just become problems. Uh, Greg Williams deserves a lot of credit for uh, changing. You know, I think a lot of it was what he was sort of stuck with last year in terms of the defensive secondary. But now he's sort of free to do what he really wants, and it's not perfect, certainly. There were plays where the Jets' offense legitimately just got him 
on uh, great play calls to what he was running, uh, including those screens to Anunwa, but that they are sort of just always coming, always grinding, and if you give them enough opportunities, it's a close game, they're eventually going to make you pay for it. And again, they got Roethlisberger and they got Breeze, and like I said, I give, you know, Darnold's numbers are not going to look great, but I give that kid a ton of credit, and I think he's a really, really talented quarterback. I hope the Jets don't, you know, go easing on him. Uh, and and ruin him by not getting enough of a supported cast, but he looks legitimately really talented. But if you if you hang in there, that defense is eventually going to get you. Well, and the thing with Darnold and, and the impressive, I mean, and that's look for the national people like Pete. You know it. I know it. We kind of figured this. I mean, we knew how good this defensive front is. We knew the Jets' O line was weak, and for Sam Darnold to do what he did and have a chance to be there to the absolute end. And look, he did throw two picks. You know, the Joe Schobert was a nice one. Uh, the Mitchell, Terrence Mitchell interception was just basically, uh, you know, here's the last gasp effort. Um, and which, you know, these are things, you know, uh, Sam Darnold's going to learn from. Now here's, you know, three games in 11 days. He's now got 10 days off. He's got a bunch of film. You know, he's going to be a guy the Browns, you know, if everything goes right, this is a guy who's going to be an issue for the Browns for years to come if you want to get to where you want to go to as a franchise. Um, Pete, here's, we got to do it. Uh Jarvis Landry, <laughs> another 100-yard game. And and for everybody who gave me and Pete a hard time about this, the thing with Jarvis Landry was is he was not showing this type of down-the-field activity. Will Baker bring this out of him? Obviously, we all hope for it because at the end of the day, it's good for Pete if the Browns win. It's good for me if the Browns win. But it was – you see it in – I mean, I don't know if there was a – extra hitch in the giddy-up when he saw Baker Mayfield, and maybe he was more confident in it. But, I mean, it, like we talked about earlier, it, 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 there was a jump start to these receivers. And David Najoku was another one. Everybody just seemed to, they knew what they were getting when number six stepped into that huddle. Well, first and foremost, Jarvis Landry had a, had a fantastic game. Uh, obviously, we talked we, about We've the... said this a couple times now, Pete, so, I mean... And maybe he, he's making, maybe he's earning that fourteen mil. Who knows? But I mean, uh, he, he may. But I mean, obviously he made that that uh, over the shoulder, basically on the defender's back catch that was outstanding. He made a couple other really nice plays, uh, uh, reaching out, and making an awkward catch, uh, even from Tyrod, which at that point felt enormous. Uh, that he's basically trying to to you know just sheer will them uh, up the field at that point. Um, he he was great. The issue with Landry, here and forever, is that he can't do the thing. And you talked about the arm punt from Tyrod going down the field to Callaway, who had the guy by five yards, if not that, more. <laughs> if that's never going to be Landry, and that's the problem is 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 you know Landry w- w- can be can be great at what he is, but what he is is not a true number one guy. Uh, it, it worked great. Uh, you know, if he has, you know, the rest of the season is just games like this, then he's going to earn every penny he's getting. However, uh, you know, and, and I think when Baker came in, it really helped everything out in terms of opening up some running lanes and stuff. But especially with Tyrod, when he's the, when he's your best option and you're trying to pass the ball the way they were, there was nowhere to go. And it's, it's, there's not, at that point, there's not a guy who, who screams, this guy, we we're getting this guy the ball on third third and seven or whatever. That's the issue. Uh, again, 
I think Baker Mayfield makes a, a ton of ton of difference in that. Now it's not so much Landry's the number one. Now it's Landry's sort of he's the first guy, but he you know it's it's not really what you're asking for. If you get guys like Duke Johnson involved, you get guys like David Njoku involved. Rashard Higgins had a couple of really nice catches. Antonio Callaway can be sort of a weapon. I mean, if, if, if just for Jarvis Landry went eight eight receptions off fifteen targets. I have no idea. I'm willing to believe that at least six of those missed uh, plays were from from Tyrod, and he only missed the one where he yep. dropped it. But Najoku two of two, Richard Higgins three of three, Duke Johnson two of two. Like as they get going, that's what needs to happen. Where though that that efficiency spreads the ball around, and it doesn't become. Jarvis Landry eight catches when the next guy has four it becomes more of like a eight seven seven type thing and it's not forcing one guy to get the ball so much and it just becomes with which which Baker's really strong with is just get the ball to the guy who's going to get open now you don't have to try scheme one player open you're just finding schemes to create opportunities for whoever is going to be there in a particular matchup and I think that's where the Browns are going to be better off Landry's going to be more efficient now he's certainly been more efficient than he has been in Miami but that you're going to sort of really see what the Browns offense can be as opposed to Landry's the guy and we're trying to make this whole thing work. And in the same standpoint, I've crushed uh, the father-to-be Carlos Hyde, and I still think it's an absolute disaster to ask him to run outside. But at running A, a and B gap plays, especially trap, where he was going downhill in this one, he, he looked a, a lot better. He was way more efficient. And again, I think uh, – I think Baker Mayfield coming in was huge for that. All of a sudden, you're, the guards and center look stronger, and that wasn't because you know they they suddenly found superhuman strength because Baker came in. It's because there were less guys there. They could actually just get some space and run the ball a little bit. Carlos Hyde found some holes. You you just saw a lot more there that the Baker Mayfield demanded that the Jets actually have a respect for the passing game that they the defenses have not had against Tyrod the last couple of games. I think you make the great point there because I think it was the the quick drive before half where they got the field goal, and you know I think the Jets you know defense and obviously the defensive coordinator realized okay, you know the stuff that we knew was open that Tyrod was missing, Baker was all over. Um, look for Carlos Hyde, twenty eighth birthday, um, whether or not the child was born or whatever. Uh, I've been a little hard on you. We were pushing for the other guys. But ran hard today, you know, found open space and ran downhill and finished his runs. So, obviously, a huge effort from Carlos Hyde. So, guys, I'm, I'm a little giddy here because it's almost a year. So, it's just fun talking about actually a game that turned out the right way. Um, some guys who stuck out otherwise, Pete, give me a name or two. Somebody who, that you were like, all right. It seemed insignificant at the time, but you know when you go ahead and you look back on it, you know Terrence Mitchell again making turnovers. A guy like that, some of these guys really stepped up today, and that's what you like to see. With you know as weird as it is, thirty-one out of fifty-three turned over, but a lot of these guys, and I know you brought up Drew Bill Peppers, uh, yeah, every tackle is solid. But the other thing is, it's solid form tackling as well. It's it's fun to watch, and I kind of like the chocolate uniforms. Yeah, Jabril Peppers doesn't get cheated when he hits somebody, man. He he gets gets all of it. You know, a guy who made a couple big plays that may have saved a touchdown was Derek Kindred. Yep. He and he and he's another guy who didn't get cheated. He walloped a couple guys on that one drive. Uh, but you know, the, the, it, Denzel Ward obviously had the big uh, forced fumble uh, that set up the Browns to get a score. 
they just and, and they actually scored off turnovers or, or a little bit better than they have. Um, you know, it, it's just been it was just a, a very good team effort, especially on the defensive side of the ball, where everybody's sort of chipping in and make plays. Uh, you have the defensive line, which was mentioned. Joe Schobert had the one near interception, got the second one. Um, you have the corners both forcing a turnover each on the outside, and you have safeties coming up and making plays. Like That's the dream scenario for a defensive coordinator is you have all these guys chipping in. Offensively, the offensive line, I, I, there's still some questions. I, I, I think a lot of the assignment failures were not because the offensive line's not – I think the the scheme isn't addressing some of these un uh, uh, these uh, these these unblocked rushers, and I and, and the Jets deserve credit for that too. They exploited it and found some open running lanes. And again, I think some of that was caused by not having any respect for a passing game. Uh, but in the interior part of the line, I thought they got better and better and better as the game wore on. I, I think they got. Very confident. Uh, I thought Chris Hubbard had sort of a rough game, but got a little bit better at the end. Um, you know, all the backs contributed a little bit. I wish we'd get more Chubb. Uh, as long as he's never on the punt team, and that's the part that drives me nuts. If you punt, draft a running back with the 37th overall pick, he is not a guy who belongs on the punt team. If you drafted him with the 137th overall pick, maybe he should be on the punt team. It's just That's just bad. It's just bad managing of your personnel. Right, and, and, and that's the one area where you look back after this game and you still go, this this stuff is a fiasco, and that's special teams. And it's yep. not any one part of it. It is the entire unit is just awful. Uh, I mean, they got the field goals right this game. Obviously, that was, that was big, but just you can't trust them to cover anything. You can't, they don't block to return anything. They get a penalty on everything that even resembles the ball being kicked. Just, it, it's a problem. And, and, and for before Mayfield came in, you had, again, the defense was keeping a minute offense and special teams were give nothing. And you're, you're saying, well, they should win. That's hard to do is to saying that two, two thirds, if you want to give special teams a full third, is unable to function, and yet you think you should be two and zero. That's not realistic. So hopefully, you know they they go with this. Uh, Hugh Jackson has apparently already said that he is not he, he did not that Mayfield did an outstanding job, but he's not ready to name him starter. <laughs> Which whatever. <laughs> but that's you know that's th- this guy cannot help himself. But in any case, the, the, just the it just changed so much in terms of this. But I, I do think special teams are going to bite this team if they're in a close game. They're going to give up something and they're going to lose because of this. Whether it's a kicker or sp- coverage unit or whatever, that's going to be an issue that still dogs this team. And it's going to be that way. And uh, guys, obviously, listen a lot to on Browns um, for the first time. This would be a victory episode. So Pete Smith, obviously from NFL Spin Zone, you know, always good for these post-game wrap-ups. You know, this is now week three now. Pete's been with us for all of us. But guys, locked on college. Um, look, Baker's here. He's playing. So locked on Sooners, you want to go that way. Uh, always recommend locked on Seminoles, Seminoles. But any college program that you're looking for, check out the locked on college section. They're doing a fantastic job over there. 
guys are really working hard. I mean, just more growth for the Lockdown Network as they branch into this, where you're going to get probably over a hundred, you know, universities followed in the sports program, the sports programs followed. So go ahead, Lockdown College. One thing we are going to close with here, Pete. Uh, it was. I do believe the team effort was there, and the energy once number six finally got to take the field, and maybe we'll have to wait whether or not he's starting at Oakland, and if he's not starting at Oakland, just it, it just move him on from that. If he's not starting at Oakland, um, what do you see here now? Like, what can we see to grow a little bit now that we see that Baker Mayfield is here? Um, obviously, David Njoku looked a little bit more comfortable today. You know, Jarvis Landry is what he is. You know, the, the offensive line, the running game, is there with the quick decision-making that, you know, Baker has obviously showed in just a short, uh, short you know, amount we saw tonight. Should everything be able to grow a little bit better from this? Yeah, and if they, you know, if they decide to actually start Mayfield, keep in mind, Tyrod just left with a concussion and we, you know, that's that's kind of a problem in a week and a half. Uh, that's a lot. That's a big ass. But so he's going to be taking all these reps with the first team finally in week three. <laughs> uh, but but now you can grow with these guys and you can sort of build on what you've been building. on. What did we see mostly in this game? They really attacked the middle of the field, sort of intermediate area. They did some short passes, but a lot of it was basically the width of the field intermediate. They haven't, at least with Mayfield yet. Uh, and and obviously barely with Tyrod, they haven't gone deep yet. There's there's just so much. And then you add in those things, your running game should get stronger. They can actually run a real screen because there's actually a threat, and they aren't just sitting there waiting for it. Um, that you can evolve into a big boy offense. And whatever you think Todd Haley is as an offensive coordinator, you're at least going to get to see it. That you're going to see whatever he envisioned Cleveland offense would look like. And, and you know, if it was by design or just sort of coincidental, I don't think the Browns, at least for now, it, these this next game in particular, because I just don't think Oakland poses much of a uh, problem on defense, I don't think the Browns are going to play not to lose on offense and, and trust their defense. I think they're actually going to go out and play to win. And I think this game, uh, but more so last last week, that the Browns played to, played for field goals, and it bit them. And they they they, they you know, obviously you know, Zane Gonzalez lost his job for it, but there were a couple drives where it just felt like they were just get down, let's not screw it up, kick the field goal, and we get three points. And I think if you have Mayfield out there, that they're going to go harder for things. They're going to be a little more aggressive. Uh, and God knows they need to be because Q Jackson was extremely conservative on fourth down a couple times in this game where he shouldn't have been, including the end of the game on that fourth and two when they opted to punt and it worked. But that first throw uh, where Darnold go- goes like 27 yards or whatever down the field, to I think it was Robbie Anderson, you can't tell me that that co- that the, the coaching staff at that point was sitting there going oh man we should have gone for it at that moment before they were able to finally secure it uh i am hoping that they'll get a little more aggressive they'll use a little of mayfield's ath- ability to throw on the run certainly uh tyrod had plenty of athleticism 
but I, I, you know, if you want to call it RPOs, even though it's really just play action and, and usually flushing out, uh, <laughs> that that you can do those things, and Mayfield can potentially pick up a, a first down with his legs and those things. He has that ability, but first and foremost, he's going to, as he did in this game, he's going to try to find receivers. He's going to buy himself time and throw the ball to his receivers, and including Orson Charles, and they're going to try to do those. So I, I think over the next week and a half, you're just going to see – this team get more confident and get more sort of become a in a big boy offense. I couldn't agree with you more because uh, you just the tr- transition and everybody seemed all on board and you know obviously you know the Jets who with Sam Darnold starting and this was his third start but May- Baker came in it was just so smooth and he was so ready and for anybody who wanted to you know negate the prospect that he was or negate the player that he was going to be. I think you saw why the Browns liked him because I think they felt he was an organizational fit. They felt that he was an X's and O fit. He, you know, maybe because in Pete, we went over this, the hand size I was nervous about, the height I was nervous about. He ended up checking those boxes. But he's just that guy, and he comes in like a dude, and you saw him go over after a couple of plays. And, you know, like with his peripheral vision, he saw linemen who were making plays. He made sure he let him know about it and, and appreciated it, and it, it's just a good, good day, Cleveland Browns. Wise, there's just no way around it. And now it's one, one, and one through week three. You feel more confident about yourself. This franchise now can, for ten days, carry themselves a little bit. Um, obviously, the guy who still is the head coach here, that leaves a lot to be said, whatever way it goes. But I think the roster themselves, they have faith in their offensive coordinator, they have faith in their defensive coordinator. So just a good day, pop the bottles, break the guy, open the goddamn Bud Light fridges. The beer is probably seven, eight weeks old now. God bless you all for drinking it. I wouldn't touch Bud Light anyway. But uh, for Pete Smith, who writes for NFL Spin Zone and does a fantastic job. Pete, is there anything you need to close with before we put a ball on this? Because I'm actually excited to publish this one because I don't get many victories. No, I, I, I think my big thing is just enjoy whatever. I don't care about the record. Just don't. For right now, I don't care about the record. Just enjoy the hell out of what you're going to watch. That's all I would say to anybody. Enjoy it. It's going to be fun. And, and and that's where I'm with you because for the majority of it, look, Carlos Hyde, obviously, you know, 28, great day. But for the most of it, you look at the age of these guys who made plays today, and it's young, and these guys are taking over. And whether it was week one time Pittsburgh, or barely losing New Orleans last week. These guys don't think they're the Cleveland Browns, quote-unquote. They think they're a football team who is is working with each other, fighting for each other, and that's what we've seen today. But like I said, guys, go ahead. Follow Pete. You know, Read his work over at NFL Spin Zone. Follow the show at Lockdown Browns on Twitter. Always give it a follow-back account. Follow me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Guys, it, it's been fun to do this because I haven't gotten to do it to yet do it yet, but Browns win. Uh, it's a victory morning. We all, Everybody gets to wake up, carry your head a little higher, feel a little better about your franchise. Uh, any new listeners, please, I appreciate you all for being here. Subscribe, rate, review the podcast, iTunes, whatever you use to listen to your podcasts. Uh, we'll come back tomorrow. We're going to have some fun. Uh, the podcasting addiction in me may go all weekend long, so we'll get you freshed off all weekend. Uh, We're on to the Raiders, 1-1-1. Let's go Browns.